The Tale of Three Trees. A traditional folktale retold by Angela, Angela Elwell Hunt. For generations, the tale of three trees has been handed down from parents to children, retold in churches at Christmas and Easter, and even set to music and sung. As is often true of folk tales, its originator is unknown. To this person, I'm deeply grateful. Angela Elwell Hunt. Once upon a mountaintop, three little trees stood and dreamed of what they wanted to become. When they grew up, the first little tree looked up at the stars, twinkling like diamonds above him. I want to be covered. I want to hold treasure, he said. I want to be covered with gold and filled with precious stones. I will be the most beautiful treasure chest in the world. The second little tree looked out at the small stream trickling by on its way to the ocean. I want to be a strong sailing ship, he said. I want to travel mighty waters and carry powerful kings. I'll be the strongest ship in the world. The third little tree looked down into the valley below where busy men and busy women worked in a busy town. I don't want to leave this mountain top at all, she said. I want to grow so tall that when people stop to look at me, they will raise their eyes to heaven and think of God. I will be the tallest tree in the world. Years passed, the rains came, the sun shone, and the little trees grew tall. One day, three woodcutters climbed the mountain. The first woodcutter looked at the first tree and said, this tree is beautiful. It's perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the first tree fell. Now, I shall be made into a beautiful chest, thought the first tree. I shall hold wonderful treasure. The second woodcutter looked at the second tree and said, This tree is strong. It's perfect for me. With a swoop of his shining axe, the second tree fell. Now I shall sail mighty waters, thought the second tree. I shall be a strong ship, fit for kings. The third tree felt her heart sink when the last woodcutter looked her way. She stood straight and tall and pointed bravely to heaven. But the woodcutter never even looked up. Any kind of tree will do for me, he muttered. With a swoop of his shining axe, the third tree fell. The first tree rejoiced when the woodcutter brought him to a carpenter's shop. But the busy carpenter was not thinking about treasure chests. Instead, his work-worn hands fashioned the tree into a feed box for animals. The once beautiful tree was not covered with gold or filled with treasure. He was coated with sawdust and filled with hay for hungry farm animals. The second tree smiled when the woodcutter took him to a shipyard. 
but no mighty sailing ships were being made that day. Instead, the one strong tree was hammered and sawed into a simple fishing boat. Too small and too weak to sail an ocean or even a river. He was taken to a little lake. Every day, he brought in loads of dead, smelly fish. The third tree was confused when the woodcutter cut her into strong beams and left her in a lumber yard. What happened? The once tall tree wondered. All I ever wanted to do was stay on the mountain top and point to God. Many, many days and nights passed. The three trees nearly forgot their dreams. But one night, gold but one night golden starlight poured over the first tree as a young woman placed her newborn baby in the feed box. I wish I could make a cradle for him, her husband whispered. The mother squeezed his hand and smiled as the starlight shone on the smooth and sturdy wood. This manger is beautiful, she said. And suddenly the first tree knew he was holding the greatest treasure in the world. One evening, a tired traveler and his friends crowded into the old fishing boat. The traveler fell asleep as the second tree quietly sailed out into the lake. Soon a thundering and thrashing storm arose. The little tree shuddered. He knew he did not have the strength to carry so many passengers safely through the wind and rain. The tired man awakened. He stood up, stretched out his hand and said, Peace. The storm stopped as quickly as it had begun. And suddenly, the second tree knew he was carrying the king of heaven and earth. One Friday morning, the third tree was startled when her beams were yanked from the forgotten wood pile. She flinched as she was carried through an angry, jeering crowd. She shuddered when soldiers nailed a man's hands to her. She felt ugly and harsh and cruel. But on Sunday morning, when the sun rose and the earth trembled with joy beneath her, the third tree knew that God's love had changed everything. It had made the first tree beautiful. It had made the second tree strong. And every time people thought of the third tree, they would think of God. That was better than being the tallest tree in the world.
Cambodian dancer. So Fanny's Gift of Hope by Darren Reicherter. So Fanny was a dancer in Cambodia. She learned the ancient ways of dancing handed down from generation to generation. She learned how to move her hands and arms. She learned how to look like the stone reliefs on the walls of the temples. And the dance gave her energy. When Sophani grew up, she taught the dance to little girls. She taught them how to move their hands. She taught them where to put their feet. She even taught them how to tilt their heads. The dance gave the little girls energy too. So Fanny was one of the best dancers. She danced for huge crowds of people. She even danced before the king of Cambodia. But then something terrible happened. Bad men took over the land. They were called Khmer Rouge. They destroyed the land, its people. They took away Sophani's dance and even destroyed the reliefs on the walls of the temples. of the dance was taken from them. The energy of the dance was gone. Lost and alone, Sophani was left with nothing but her shadow. The Khmer Rouge had turned Cambodia into a shadow land. Sophani was forced to move far away. Many years later, on the other side of the world, Sofani tried to help heal the wounds left by the Khmer Rouge. Even though she had escaped to free land, she felt as if she were still a shadow. When she saw that the Cambodian children growing up in America did not know the dance of her lost home, she was sad. It was as if the children were growing up as shadows too. So she remembered the dance that was forced into hiding. She remembered how to move her hands and arms. She remembered how to look like the stone reliefs on the walls of the temples. Dancing, dancing again made her feel happy and strong. The energy of the dance shone light onto the shadows. So Fanny created a school to teach the dance to the next generation of Cambodian girls. She taught them how to move their hands. She taught them where to put their feet. She even taught them how to tilt their heads. 
dance gave the girls energy. The dance gave Sophani energy too. Watching the girls, Sophani smiled. Now the shadows are gone. Now there is dance again. Note a true story of survival. The Cambodian dancer Sofani's gift of hope was inspired by a true story. Sofani Bay really was a dancer in Cambodia. She was one of the best, often performing for huge crowds, even for royalty, just as it says in the story. When she grew up, she taught the dance to little girls. But then a terrible thing happened. A group of men called the Khmer Rouge pushed their way into power. They abolished arts, culture, education, and religion. They destroyed the land and its people. Cambodia became a place of great sorrow and fear. So Fanny lost her family at the hands of the Khmer Rouge. Though she was filled with grief, she used her courage and her wits to escape Cambodia to Thailand. After years in a Thai refugee camp, she was accepted as a refugee to the United States of America. So Fanny moved to San Jose, California. She learned English and went to college to study social work. After college, she began working as a counselor for Cambodian survivors in America. Well, I didn't work with Cambodian survivors. She, um, she became a community leader and an advocate for human rights. She became one of the very few Cambodian-American witnesses to testify in 2013 against the Khmer Rouge leaders. Her story helped to convict the leaders of their terrible crimes against the Cambodian people. In her new life in the United States, Sofani looked for ways to help heal the Cambodian community. She saw that Cambodian children growing up in America did not know the culture of the homeland they had lost. It seemed to her that even if this new safe land, Cambodian children were growing up in the shadows. So she remembered the dance that had been forced into hiding. She remembered the joy and energy it had given her. Now more than ever, she felt that it was important to share the dance with others. She created a program for teaching Khmer dance to children in San Jose. Dancing and teaching the dance to others made Sofani come alive again. Learning the dance has helped many children in the Cambodian community step out of the shadows. And decades later, Sofani is still teaching the dance and still working with Cambodian families to make their lives better. She is the most resilient person I have ever known or ever will know. Thank you, Sofani.